On today's show, I talk with the lovely Bethany McDaniel about her farm Primal Pastures and her beauty line Primally Pure. Today I'm back with another interview in this interview series where I called up all of some of my favorite people in the industry and asked them to hop on a call with me for a little while. I'm joined today by the lovely Bethany McDaniel. She is just a shining example of seeing an opportunity or seeing potential in an industry and making it happen um, with regards to just background and beliefs and perspective on, I think, just where the paleo food industry and just good quality, healthy living can go. Um, and she's she's making some of those things possible. She uh, is an owner, I guess that's the right way to put it, the owner <laughs> with her husband <laughs> in Primally Pure. It's a skincare line. And you guys, if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen me post about them or some of these products in the past. I absolutely adore them. And then of course, Primal Pastures, uh, which is the farm that they built and live on, um, where they sell chicken and pork and beef, lamb, and a bunch of other wonderful foods that Bethany can talk to you about. <laughs> um, but they sell it to their local to Southern California, and that's who they usually sell the products to. But they also do farm tours so they can walk people around and help them see the process, you know, know thy food and know where it comes from kind of uh, idea. So she's got some really great vision for those, both of those companies, I know. Um, and it's really an honor to have you on the show, Bethany. I've always adored you. I've always adored your outlook and your style and the things that you put out there. I just think it's so great. And you're just, you're just so great to talk to in general. So thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> oh, thank you, Cassie. It's so nice to be chatting with you today. I'm so excited. Me too. Likewise. Well, um, you can do a much better job of talking about your story than I can. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you made it sound awesome. So. Oh, did I? Good. That's, yeah. that's one of my thank goals you. with these is I want people to feel the warm fuzzies. Um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, good. Um, but please share a little bit more about your background. I know you kind of have an interesting story, um, but what brought you to California, brought you to the farm, and then brought you to start this amazing uh, beauty line? Yeah. Um, so it's all kind of happened over the course of the last um, really four years or so um, since my husband and I got married. And, and when we actually both grew up in Southern California and then moved to Arizona after we got married. And he was working as a teacher and I was working for the Special Olympics out there. And we would always come back to visit because his whole family lives in SoCal. And one Easter, his family had the idea of starting a farm. So it's been something that his dad has always been super interested in. And he's read all kinds of farming books, um, probably hundreds from guys like Joel Salatin, who pretty much invented the the standard pastured poultry farming model that a lot of farms across the country use today. Yeah. Um, and everyone's always kind of thought it's just been like a nerdy little habit of his, but we all started to get more interested in it once we started finding out more about food and um, just started looking for better quality meats to eat. And... So we were all kind of just toying with the idea one year and all of a sudden Jeff's brother goes to the other room and just orders 50 chicks <laughs> and 
we kind of just had to figure out from there what we were going to do with them. So What a great way to do it. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We started it just as kind of a fun hobby. Um, and then as time went on, um, we started kind of chronicling the journey on Instagram and Facebook. And all of the chicks eventually sold, not the chicks, but they, um, they pre-sold before we even processed them or anything. So we didn't get any of the first round of chickens that we raised. Oh, wow. And then it just kind of started growing quickly from there. And Jeff, my husband and I, um, were just making so many trips back and forth between California and Arizona that we eventually just decided to, to take the leap and move back to California. Um, we moved in with my husband's parents cause that's where the farm was at the time. They only had two and a half acres. So it was not much land to get started with, but we made the most of it. And um, before we actually moved back, my husband's sister's husband, so my Mm brother-in-law, quit his job and went full-time. And then him and his wife and their son Noah moved into Jeff's parents' house. So they were the first ones to move in. And then Jeff and I moved back, and we moved in. So (laughs) his other sister ended up moving back, too. So at one point, there was eight of us living in like a tiny 1,700-square-foot house. (laughs) And that went on for about a year. So it was it was crazy. We all got to know each other really, really well during that time. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> yeah, it was fun at times, but it was definitely hard at times, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, we made it work. And then a year or so after that, we ended up getting the opportunity to move the farm to a 40-acre piece of land not too far away from where we were farming at the time. And that's where my husband and I live now. And looking back, it's kind of crazy that we ever even farmed on such a small piece of land and did farm tours there. We had potlucks there where hundreds of people would come out and all bring good dishes and we would watch movies out on the pasture. So yeah, it's kind of cool to see everything that's happened in such a short amount of time. That's just amazing. What an incredible story. I mean, and it's it's so inspiring. I live on a third of an acre in in, <laughs> in suburb San Antonio and it makes me want to just, you know, a few miles away, we have we're in the Texas Hill Country area and nice. uh there are some big plots of land available in Austin and I just keep my husband and I just keep thinking about how much fun it would be to just go for it and you did. It's awesome. It's so, and it's, and I love following you on social media, just the photos you post of your land and everything you're up to. It just, I mean, I know it's a lot of work goes into it, but it really does look just so lovely and wonderful. Oh yeah, it really is. It's, it's a huge blessing to be able to live, um, on a farm like we do. And I mean, our house is very old and modest, nothing special, but I love just waking up and hearing the animals outside and just all the different farm noises and being able to take walks around the farm at night. It's really, it's really neat. That's awesome. Okay. So that's business number one. Um, and you didn't stop there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know. So a a couple years ago, I'm thinking around the same time frame. you started Primally Pure. Is that about right? Yeah. So tell us about what inspired you to start it. And, um, you know, your thought into distinguishing your products, because there is a difference. Um, and anyways, I'd love to get your perspective on that. Sure. Yeah. So 
I started just messing around with um, different product formulations back when Jeff and I were living in Arizona. Um, it kind of all started with with food with us, and I think that's pretty common for a lot of people in this industry or people that are just wanting to make healthier choices. Um, it started with diet, and then I started looking into other areas where I could um, just become a healthier person overall. Mm-hmm. And skincare products was kind of the next place that I that I started looking. And I started doing just a lot of things, um, just using making very simple swaps in the beginning. Like instead of deodorant, I would just use coconut oil and baking soda mm-hmm. and rub that on my armpits. Mm-hmm. But that kind of, um, after a while, you know, you don't want to do that like every single day and then bring the two different little jars of coconut oil and baking soda when you're on vacation and use that mixture all the time and my husband especially didn't want to do that I tried to get him to and (laughs) he was not about to start like rubbing stuff on his armpits every day (laughs) so (laughs) so I knew I had to come up with with something to just to make the process a little bit easier for us so that was the first product I started experimenting with and it took me a while. I mean, I was working. I was. It wasn't my main focus, but it took me a while to really get a recipe down that that I liked and that he would use. And then before we knew it, um, a lot of our friends were starting to ask about it and wanting to buy it. So I started just kind of selling it to friends um, and acquaintances. And then I had all these ingredients, so. I realized I could make a lot more with these ingredients and I started doing body butters and lip balms and stuff like that. And then, but still just kind of for us and family and friends. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to California um, and we were all living in that house. My family started really pushing me to, to start selling it at least on the farm's website because they knew that customers would probably be interested. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I was really, nervous about the idea of putting it out there even to just a small group of people um I just I was doubtful I guess that anyone would really be interested Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they just bugged me about it so much that eventually I decided to put it out there and I was blown away by how many people um, were enjoying it and just giving great feedback on all the products so that got me more excited and eventually I ended up making my own website and formulating new products and just kind of turning it into a real business as opposed to a little side project. But it all kind of happens just very naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been a lot of hard work, but it's, it's kind of just flown very nicely. So it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. You know, you hear that over and over again. Some of the best products out there, or um, even if it's not a product, maybe it's a professional service, started Mm -hmm. from somebody who just loved doing it and just wanted to create something um, and didn't put necessarily sales pressures on it when it was in the creation stage. I've sampled a lot of beauty products over the years, and I'm a really hard sale. I'm a I'm I'm a painful sale, really, uh, when it comes to, you know, not just products, but food products and people. 
Um, you know, it's, it's tough to really get me to buy in. And I do not remember the first thing I tried of yours, but I was blown away instantly. Your chapstick, I, um, I gave it away as, um, in part of like my thank you for coming on my bachelorette trip presence and, um, people loved it and they still, I still see them carrying around and, you know, then they ask me if I have any more. I'm like, no, but here's the website. <laughs> um, that's we just great. We need to get you an endless supply. Oh my gosh, no! I'm just gonna send people your way. Um, and then, you know, the body butter. Oh my goodness, it's the uh, it's the almond one. Yeah, I think you were one of the ones that gave me the idea for the scent too. Yeah, that's my. I- I posted something and you said almond. Yes, and it is amazing. <laughs> I sleep better because I have it right next to my nightstand, and um, I put it on every single night. And I've been meaning to like put a picture of that, but I've just been using it up. Um, but mm-hmm. I use it every single night uh, before I go to sleep, and I love it so much. Um, so, anyways, you're killing it. Okay. The deodorant's awesome. So and I don't know. Do you did you ever come out with a charcoal mask, or is that something you were developing? I've um, talked about charcoal masks before, but I don't actually have one as a product. Like, okay. I just use the par- powder and mix it with water. Got it. Just curious. I think I saw you post about it once upon a time, and I was like, yeah. ooh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> no, I just need to figure out – I would need to mix it with another ingredient because I think I would get so many complaints about the mess it makes. Oh, it's yeah. It's just so messy by itself. Totally makes sense. But anyways, um, you just you do a very thorough job. So thank you for that. And readers, you can find, if you just Google, or readers, listeners, um, <laughs> if you just Google Primally Pure, um, it should come up. So really, really great stuff. But I do have some questions for you outside of some of those. Um, you know, if someone listening maybe is interested in, they love the idea of starting a homestead. Um of some sort, you know, maybe they start just a little backyard garden as a starting point. Um, or I know a lot of people get chickens if they can in -hmm. wherever they live, but what would be some of your advice for somebody who wants to be a little bit more self-sufficient, um, would like to be able to grow or create some of their own foods, you know, where do you think is a good place to start and maybe some attitudes to keep in mind? Yeah. Um, You know, I think, like you said, a small garden or chickens is a great place for a lot of people to start. Um, And there's so much information out there now online and on YouTube. We learned so much just by watching YouTube videos. How funny. Um, I know. I think we actually had, um, like, a computer outside with YouTube videos on the first time we ever processed a round of chickens ourselves. So... It's just, it's crazy how much these days you can learn just from, just from watching videos and looking at blogs and stuff like that. You don't have to read a whole book on something if you just, if you know what you want to learn and Mm -hmm. um, know where to find it. It's pretty, it's pretty easy now, but I don't know. I think that you can start with something just very small and, and chickens are, are great for a lot of people, just egg layers. Um, for the backyard, there's so many different fun breeds you can get to that are, um, different colors and ones with like mohawk looking things and fuzzy feet (laughs) that I've always wanted to get, but we always end up getting the more practical, (laughs) practical ones. But 
Yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot you can do to just have fun with it and then kind of see where it goes from there to see where your interests grow in, um, in farming or um, raising plants or whatever that may be. You don't have to start huge. You can just do something very little and then kind of see where that goes. Yeah, definitely. You know, I just emailed out... Um, depending on when this pot, this show airs, but recently emailed out a list of like seven herbs you can grow from home. Yeah. You know, and that's something, even if you're living in an apartment, um, potted plants are very herb friendly. And so you can, that's a kind mm-hmm. of an easy thing to start because there's a different kind of appreciation. Um, and if you really want to get very hippie like I do in the kitchen, I think that, <laughs> I think food tastes better. Um when it's something that you grew and there's a different level of appreciation. So totally that's, that's very cool. It's a good place to start as well. And I know you guys, so you guys do farm tours. What is your, what are what's your thought process behind the farm tours? Um, and why is that so important? Yeah, we've, we've done farm tours ever since we started and it's been a huge part of our business. Um, we only sell, like you said earlier, we only sell to people in Southern California right now. Um, it's probably going to stay that way with our farm, um, and we may plant additional farms across the country, but we just believe very strongly that in today's world where there's so many different um, terms used to describe different ways of farming, and not all of them mean what you would think they mean, so we we always want to give people the opportunity to come visit the farm for themselves and actually see the food that they're going to be eating, because even though it's different from raising it yourself still, you you still get a little bit of that, um, you still get more appreciation for the process and after seeing the animals, seeing that they're living happy lives, I think you just, it helps people to feel a lot better about um, where their food is coming from and just to feel good about the stuff they're feeding their kids and all of that. So we always wanna give, um, to show people everything that we're doing and be as transparent as possible about the way we're farming and what we're feeding the animals and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. That's great. We, another thing we do is um, processing workshops, which is a really cool event that not a lot of farms do. And at those, we give people the chance to actually pick out a chicken from the pasture that they want to take home to process themselves and then take home and eat. So we let people come to the farm and then pick out their own birds and then we show them step by step how to process the chicken and then send it home with them to eat for dinner that night. That is so cool. I don't Bethany, have you ever read The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan? I haven't. I'm so embarrassed that I haven't. No, no, don't be embarrassed. <laughs> it's been on my list for a while. I shouldn't I shouldn't have blindsided you with that question. <laughs> no, um, it's okay. But it relates to that because what he tries to do in the book is essentially if I'm remembering the right book, I've read several well I say read I listen to books yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm an audio book listener um yeah um so I I list it was one of his books to listen to I think it was Omnivore's Dilemma but what he tries to do is he has essentially the destination is a plate right and all the foods that wind up on a plate you've got your pile of corn in his book I think it was corn Mm -hmm. I remember there being some sort of a protein um, and some other herbs and some mushrooms and things like that and his goal his mission was to 
experience everything that went into creating that plate. And he, um, you know, went and met, I want to say it was pork. Um, so he went and met the, the, the pork farmer, um, and just went through, I'm using all the wrong terms. You're probably laughing at me, (laughs) (laughs) but he went, you know, he went through that whole process of, of meeting the farmer, his methods, why, how, and then the processing. I think there was chicken involved as well because I think he went through that. It's been a while since I read it. He foraged for mushrooms, wild mushrooms, went and met the corn, the corn farmer. Um, and it sounds like, you know, it was this huge, huge process for him to try to chase all that down. And it's so cool. What struck me is it's so cool. You're offering kind of people that, that experience, you know, just in one sitting. So that's, that's, that's amazing. I think that's very, very neat. If I lived nearby, I'd be showing up. I'd be bartering fed and fit book leftovers for, um, chapstick and and just hanging out with the piggies. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, man. That's great. That's really, really wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and it's an, it's a really emotional experience for a lot of people, too. We don't mm-hmm. force anyone to participate, obviously. You can be as hands-off or hands-on as you want. But we've had, um, I think, a few vegetarians now go through the process, like people who are ready to mm-hmm. get back into eating meat but want to be as connected to the process as possible. And so, yeah, it's really neat to see the different types of people who come out for it. Very neat. That's awesome. Well, I know that you have your hands full. You are, um, you guys have the exciting announcement of you're expecting your first baby girl this May. Yeah. That is so exciting. I'm sure that that is going to probably, you know, keep things fun and, and, uh, full (laughs) for you. Exactly. I, I, this came as a surprise to us. So, Uh It's been such a crazy time preparing for the baby and then trying to get both of our businesses to a place where we'll be able to take some time off to spend with her once she arrives. But the good thing about pregnancy is it's a nine-month process, so we've just been taking things step by step, and um, hopefully hopefully everything will come together in the next month or so. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And not that you need it, but I'm here for you if you need anything. So thank you. (laughs) Of course, if you need anyone to gush any more about, you know, the sunscreen or (laughs) lip balm, I'm your girl. (laughs) Thank you, Kathy. (laughs) Of course. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I do have one more quick question for you. You know, there's a lot of folks that, I think are, and I kind of mentioned this before we started the call, but a lot of folks who listen that maybe they want to start a new business um, and maybe they don't know exactly what they want it to be, but they know that they want to do something. And I just, I'm curious, I like to ask everybody who comes on the show that is an entrepreneur, um, any advice you have for somebody looking to start something? It can be as specific or broad as you like. I love this question because i I feel like I could relate to it so much before any of this even started. Mm -hmm. I always kind of knew I wanted to do something that was like my own thing, but I would look at these other companies or, or bloggers, authors, and just think like that that's unattainable. Um, like I, it just seemed, I, I couldn't see like the steps in between not having anything like that. And then all of a sudden just, like having this huge company or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really intimidating if you look at 
just other people and what they're doing. Um, it's really easy to kind of get down on yourself and think that you could never do something like that. But um, I was really fortunate to have family members that really gave me the push I needed to get started and the confidence boost. Um, so that was a huge help for me. Um, if you don't have that, I would just encourage you to, to try to give that to yourself. Um, and not to compare yourself to where other people are at because that can get really um, discouraging. Absolutely. But, yeah. And I didn't know at the time where I wanted to go. I was really interested in the farming stuff. I started writing a blog for the farm and at one point kind of thought that's where I wanted, that was the direction I wanted to go in and then um, just kind of ended up going in a different direction with Primally Pure. So I would just say to pursue whatever interests you have and then see what comes from there. And I think your passion will kind of take you in the right direction and show you where, where you're supposed to go with it. Isn't that funny? That's incredible advice first and foremost. Um, but second, it's interesting to me, even in, I'm almost six years into Fed and Fit. And when I started it, it just was a, it was a, it was just a pure food blog. Um, it wasn't even really that paleo. Um, and things evolved over time and my curiosity for nutrition science, you know, and physiology went into it. Um, but I don't really realize what it is that, um, maybe is distinguishing until I get feedback from other people. For example, um, Jimmy Moore, I was just on his podcast and the uh, low-carb conversations. Mm-hmm. And something that he told me was, he says, Cassie, something that sticks out about you is your energy and your excitement for science and just kind of seeing possibility for anybody. And yeah. I was like, really? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought I just wrote recipes. <laughs> no, that's so true because I've thought the same thing as well. That's so sweet. But like, yeah. I mean... You know, and what I'm trying to get at is it just to reiterate your point, having sounding boards, whether it's people who you know really well, like family members or friends, um, or just reaching out to folks and asking them for feedback, or maybe you get mm-hmm. unsolicited awesome feedback from somebody like Jimmy, um, but it can really help you fine tune what exactly your passion is. Because I know a lot of people are multi-passioned, you know, we want to, we want to do it all. Um, (laughs) and, but there is, I argue, I think there's one or two things on the list that probably excite you more. Um, and sometimes it takes somebody else seeing that and telling you. Right. For you to be able to interpret. So, and that's been kind of the theme I've tried to maintain throughout starting Primally Pure. Um, I just, I take feedback so seriously. So I love it when people, write reviews on our website and send me emails. I, I cherish every single one, even, even negative ones, because mm-hmm. um, I'd rather have people tell me if they're having an issue with something than not know about it and never fix it. So feedback is so important. Absolutely. And you care because it is something that um, is a huge passion. So yes. that's awesome. Well, Bethany, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Killer advice. Um, I love your story, and I'm sure that listeners are going to be curious about you. So feel free to go check her out online, uh, Primally Pure and Primal Pastures, and I will link up to everything in the show notes. So you can just go to my website and click directly from there to see all of her great works um, and stay up to date with her on social media or just through her websites. 
Thank you, Cassie. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Um, have fun chasing chickens and <laughs> and all those other fun things. And if you know, if there if a charcoal mask ever comes out and you need someone to give you advice, you know, on a beta test, I'm, I'm your girl. <laughs> Perfect. Good to know. <laughs> oh man. Okay. You guys have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back again next week. <laughs>